Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. All right, everybody, I've got a great show lined up for you today. I've got an interview with a woman named Lisa Wagner, who is a author and a, uh, sort of a spiritual person. And we're going to talk about restaurant spaces that make you feel good and an interesting conversation with Lisa. And then uh, later on in the show, I'm going to review a couple of restaurants and such. But before we do any of that, I want to talk to you about City Bakery. Uh, and City Bakery downtown, in case you hadn't heard, is closing up its doors for good. I think they already have. I think they have their last day, Saturday, before I'm recording this now. And so they're already gone from downtown. And that's really sad because City Bakery, as the name implies, has been in downtown from the beginning. And they have been doing a great job for the people of Asheville. They're one of my personal favorites, a favorite of all the other longtime residents of Asheville and people who work downtown. And so it's just kind of sad that they're closing up their doors. And I went in there a week and a half or so ago, and I got myself a nice raspberry croissant. It was actually quite delicious. It was like filled with a cream. It was really, really like a vanilla cream inside. It was really good. But um, yeah, uh, I went in and, the owner, one of the owners there, real nice guy named Brian, he came up to me and he told me the news before, or actually he wrote me an email before he announced it to the papers and stuff because he knows I'm a big fan and he wanted me to hear it from him directly. And when I did talk to him in person, he told me that it was basically because of high rent and a slow summer. So I want to tell talk about that a little bit. I mean, first of all, farewell to City Bakery downtown. We're going to really miss you downtown. The one on Charlotte Street, North Charlotte Street, will still be open. So please frequent that one. Make sure they stay open up there. He said they're doing great up on North Charlotte. And the large baking facility, of course, is still active. And I, I'm not sure where that is out on Hendersonville Road. It's not open to the public anyways. And uh, that so you'll still see City Bakery bread in your local grocery stores and such. So don't don't feel like they're gone because they're not. They're still here for sure in a big way. But uh, their downtown location is gone. So let's talk about rents and overhead and uh, a not so busy summer. So. I work downtown and I, for my job with Asheville Food Tours, I depend on tourism and tourism has been down about 20%, something like that, according to the Tourism Development Authority, the TDA. Uh, and uh, so my job has been affected now, not too adversely. I think a lot of people who are in business that depends on tourism as well as locals. You know, I get locals on my tour and the restaurants get locals too. Um, we would all tell you the same thing, which is that it's been a little bit of a sporadic season, a little bit of an up and down 
to the uh, tourism trade in town. One day will be packed. The next day will be dead. In terms of food tours, one day I won't have any tickets sold. The next day I'll be completely sold out. Uh, there's been a lot of last minute ticket sales with food tours and it's just been a much slower summer when you take into account how it had been in the past, in the past few years before the pandemic, when tourism really spiked and peaked in downtown. And for me, a longtime resident of Asheville and a fan of downtown at the at that 2018 uh, most of 2019 peak of tourism. It was not great in downtown Asheville. It was too crowded. Our town was overrun with people coming in, eating all of our food, taking up all of the reservations seven days a week, uh, you know, crumbling up our infrastructure and and uh, we love them because they pay uh, help us pay our bills. And I work directly with the tourists, and they are 99.9% .9 real nice people that I enjoy working with. And anytime I travel, I am a tourist. I'm going to other cities. I'm doing tourist activities sometimes, and other times just enjoying the restaurants or eating all the food and taking all the reservations, you know, uh, myself. So I, I'm not a hater of tourists. I just feel like there's a, you know, that we we had managed to stuff uh, 50 pounds of grain into a 30 pound sack of our of our tourism business. You know, we just, I think we had reached capacity and, and surpassed capacity for tourism in downtown. And then it dipped of course to down to nothing in 2020 and it's coming back, but it's coming back slowly and sporadically. Now I don't myself mind too much when it's real slow on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, because then the tour, the locals can really go downtown and enjoy it. And then it won't be too slow for the restaurants. So one thing that happened in 2018 and 19, and then also during the pandemic period, the shutdown period was that the locals started to really disdain downtown. Like I have never met people who hate their city as much as the people of Asheville seem to hate the city of Asheville. Now, I know that's not a blanket statement across the board. And please let me know how much you love Asheville. Find me on social media, make posts and tag me in them. If you love Asheville the way that I do, I still love Asheville, then be vocal about it because the people who hate it here, who still live here, and especially hate downtown, they are vocal about it for sure. Uh, so the, those of us that do like it need to also be vocal. And uh, and so we struck a balance. We need to strike a balance. We had too much tourism, and now it feels like we don't have enough. But if it would just kind of even out, like if, if the restaurants could count on it being super busy on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then moderately busy during the rest of the week, that would be great. And then the locals could perhaps feel like they would want to come down again to downtown again. And in terms of that, folks, if you're a local and you're listening to this, and I assume most of you are, um, get downtown. It's not crowded. There's plenty of parking. Patty and I, my boss with the food tours, Patty and I drove into town yesterday. The first parking garage we saw had 52 spaces available. There was street parking available everywhere and the restaurants were not too crowded. And believe me, they would love to see you. So get on downtown. <laughs>
Oh, the pizza guy is here. Hey, Drew, how's it going? Hey, Stu, got your pizza here. What do we got this week, man? Uh, this week we got the uh, Baba Ganoush Manoush, which is a Lebanese-inspired pizza. It's got a Baba Ganoush and roasted red pepper base, uh, fresh mozzarella, some feta, spinach. Uh, after the oven, it's got a... Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a Greek yogurt with tabbouleh flavoring. Um, and then uh, deep-fried chickpeas tossed in smoked paprika. Dang, that's yeah. a complex pizza, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, uh, I really like it. It's it's vegetarian, I take it. It is, absolutely, yeah. All right, and those chickpeas are really cute, man. Yeah. So you just take the whole chickpea and... Just dump just, a can in the fryer, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do them up southern style, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, brother, this is your pizza of the month for the month of August. Yes. At Asheville Pizza South. That's correct. And uh, this is this is the 11th pizza you've brought me last time. In July was our one-year anniversary. Yeah. With the saucy hog, and that one was fantastic, <laughs> man. Good, yeah. And was that a hit the second time around? It was. It yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We right. still, I think the chicken and waffle was the best seller so far. Really? Chicken and waffle crazy. was the, yeah, that is yeah. a little crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to tell us about the, oh, what is the word manouche? Mean? Oh, it's, a, it's Lebanese for, it's like a flatbread, a Lebanese frap, flatbread, which is, uh, I guess it's kind of their, their version of pizza. Sure, so a little take, Lebanese yeah. pun, a little Lebanese, Lebanese take on words. Baba ganoush pizza, basically, yeah. yes. Looks and smells terrific, Drew. Thank I you. know you're a busy guy. Yeah. Are things going good at the pizza parlor? Uh, it's been a little slow. We've had some issues. We had an oven out. We had our walk-in go out last week. Uh, but we're getting through it. It's a, uh, slower summer has been actually helpful for us for the last week or two. So. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. keep keeping it real here on the Food yeah. Fan Show with the yeah, pizza guy, yeah. Drew. It's the thing you got to deal with in the restaurant industry you know it sure is and i hear yeah. it all the time from all the restaurateurs right. you know like Stu, we're going to be closed today because right. of electricity <laughs> yeah. because of our walk-in whatever so yeah. it's good for the listeners and for the people in general the right. eaters to know that like these issues are part of running a restaurant yeah, absolutely. man absolutely yeah yeah i didn't know they were like back to back like that all the time you know <laughs> Dude, it never stops, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like right, a thousand moving parts right. and pieces in a restaurant yeah. ready to break at any given moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're grateful to you and the other restaurateurs in town yes, for keeping the machine chugging along. Keep going, man. And, Drew, uh, what, where can people find you physically and online? We are in South Asheville, 1850 Hendersonville Road, Suite A, um, and on the yeah, corner of Gerber and Hendersonville Road. Uh, AshevillePizzaSouth.com and Asheville Pizza South, you know, at Facebook, Twitter. Right? We're not on Twitter, actually. Instagram and Facebook uh, forward slash Asheville Pizza South. Twitter's not even on Twitter anymore. Right, now it's yeah, called yeah, X. It's not even Twitter anymore. Yeah, it's, it's got yeah. just one letter <laughs> right. for a name. All right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> way, to t- way to spend a gajillion dollars yeah. on something and then completely trash it. Thank you, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I can't wait to talk into this pizza. It smells great. Oh, thank you, man. All right. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Yeah, Take care. Have a great too, day. Man. See ya. All right, y'all. That was a great pizza. Oh, my God. I uh, tucked right into a slice and Dawn had a slice and then we actually had some plans. So we went and we did that. And then we shared it with some friends the next day and it was fantastic. So be sure to always try the pizza of the month at Asheville Pizza South. And I just want to correct myself. That was the 13th pizza that Drew has brought to me because it's been a year and a month 
And I'm terrible at math, so I was like, it's, it's been, this is the 11th pizza, like there's 10 months in the year. But yes, uh, the 13th pizza. And so he's been, he's been at it for a long time. And just in case you don't know, his name and logo and stuff are from Asheville Pizza and Brewing. But Drew makes his pizza totally different than the pizza at those places. So um, very much worth getting the pizza uh, to go. They don't have any dining seating, so it's all to go. Either delivery or uh, pick it up yourself from the pickup window. But any hoodles, let's get back to the topic I was talking about before Drew showed up with a delicious pizza. And that is the overhead, the downtown and how downtown's doing. And I never, I didn't get to talking about the overhead situation at City Bakery and other places around downtown. It's the rent is what is meant usually by overhead rent, uh, payroll and cost of food. Uh, those are pretty much the overhead day to day, week to week, month to month for restaurants. And downtown, when it was going gangbusters, all the rents went through the roof. The landlords were like, hey, we can command huge rents for downtown Asheville these days, so let's do it. But now that tourism is like sinking, uh, and and not sinking, it's on the rise again for sure, but it's a little slower than maybe the restaurants and retailers had anticipated. But of course, rents have not come down. And I think that's a bunch of BS. I think that if the landlords are going to raise the rent in the good times, they should lower the rent in the hard times. And I'll tell you what, when I first moved to Asheville, I had a landlord that did that. And that was fantastic. In 2008, when the economy crashed, my job at the time, I was a graphic designer. And so a lot of the retail stores I worked for could no longer afford to hire me. And uh, so I asked my landlord, not for a reduction, but if they could forestall the usual yearly increase. And they did. They did. And they uh, worked with me uh, time uh, one other time when times were tough and they recognized it and they sent out a letter to all of their tenants and they said we're not raising the rent this year so it is possible and that was a big company that you know has kind of a bad reputation around town but uh i i rented from them for eight years and i found them to be you know sometimes they were difficult to work with but most of the time they were awesome and that was because i was very nice to them most of the time and i didn't uh, i i when i paid my rent i put it inside of a card that said thanks and they when i after eight years when i left they showed me on their refrigerator they had all the cards from all like all those years it was kind of a mind-blowing situation anyways uh that's that let's get on oh let me just wrap up by saying i wish that overhead would come down now paying your staff i want that to keep going up like people should get cost of living increases every year um but Cost of food should have also come down because we had this sort of like egg crisis, chicken crisis, what have you. And those are more or less over, y'all. So prices have stayed high. I'm sure the manufacturers and the growers and stuff would tell me why. But And maybe fertilizer has stayed really high. But I don't know. Prices 
have some have come down some should come down it's rent rent is too much and rent rent is something that can fluctuate uh i don't know that's i'm an all-time renter you can tell that i've I've never been a landlord (laughs) i've always been a renter so that probably taints my opinion but i do think that if the rents are going to go up in the good times why don't they come down in the hard times just something to think about all right folks let's get on with the rest of the show Hey, everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I've got another special guest with me today. And lately, I have been going outside my usual area outside of Western North Carolina to get some guests. I even had uh, someone from Ontario, Canada on the show. And last week, I had Marshall from Hubs Nuts in Virginia on the show. But this week, I'm back in Western North Carolina. And boy, howdy, I am back in a big way with my next guest, who is very Western North Carolina, in my opinion. Her name is Lisa Wagner, and she is an author and an entrepreneur here in our area. And she's an author of a new book called Positive Pagan, Pagan, Staying Positive. Stay- Lisa, I'm going to let you say it because my cut and paste <laughs> is all screwed up. Hey, Lisa, okay. how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, the full title of the book is Positive Pagan, Staying Upbeat in an Offbeat World. Such a great title, and I flubbed it twice (laughs) recorded yeah well it's a great title and i i looked at the web page and uh it's just a great topic especially and the reason i say you're so western north carolina is because you live out there in marshall and marshall is the most hippie town in western north carolina in my opinion this is such a hippie well actually i don't i don't live in marshall i work there uh but yeah i live in south Asheville. yeah Lisa, I'm going to let you do all the talking from now <laughs> on because okay. I'm getting everything wrong. It's a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, and let me just let you impart that information. Can you tell us about your shop and your tea room and, yeah. and what you're doing out there in Marshall? Well, yeah, and the reason uh, you and I got in contact was because you had a recent visit to Marshall, and I've lived here in Asheville since 2015 and discovered Marshall just because I love to go outside the city limits and see what's out there. And Marshall has always been a magical town uh, for me, it feels like. And so I'm really delighted uh, to work. I work um, with Awandan Earth, which is on Main Street, sort of diagonally across from the courthouse. And it's a metaphysical shop. And I work sort of behind the scenes. I take care of their events and um, their card readers. We have tarot and uh, oracle card readers and astrologers that come in and do readings for people and their events. And that's what I do in addition to co-hosting a podcast that we have called Mystic Tea. And that's exciting to me. I'm going to listen to your podcast. I'm a huge podcast fan. Thanks. I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure I will. I like all kinds of different topics. And um, so that's you're you're an entrepreneur out there in Marshall, which is a teeny tiny little town with a lot of flavor going on in that town. It's just a really cute downtown area, and there's a lot of small businesses. Uh, yeah. I I've been for the food, of course, um, Star Diner, um, Ivy and the Poet, 
uh, and last time we went to a place called Grateful Organic Diner. And- yeah, we're just around the corner from there. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, yeah, we actually have a tea room um, sort of integrated into the shop, and it's called Two Brooms Tea House, where we serve coffee and tea and have chocolate, and it's a great place to unwind and just be part of our community and sort of soak in all the ambiance and the, the good vibes that are there. And there are good vibes there. Marshall is a feel-good little town, um, kind of on the sleepy side, just from my point of view as a visitor, and um, just adorable. And like I said, a good little food scene for such a small town. Yeah. And let, let's talk about your shop. So you're called like the mystical Marshall's, what is it, metaphysical or mystical mercantile? I think. It's yeah, it's the mystical your... mercantile. It's considered a metaphysical shop because we offer crystals and candles and books and things like that. But the owner is uh, Pasha and she travels all over the world uh, to bring back amazing, you know, finds from, you know, India, Egypt and places like that, as well as she hand selects each crystal that's in that shop. So there is like a definite energy when you, you know, start picking out crystals. People just love them for their metaphysical properties or they just love because they're beautiful and pieces of nature. So it's 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 a treasure trove. There's a lot of variety there of little things you can pick up for gifts or for yourself. And a lot of time people come in and they don't even know what they're looking for, but then they find it and they're like, that's what I've been looking for. And I didn't even realize it. Was that the thing they were looking for or was the thing looking for them? That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just curious, are there any crystals or metaphysical objects that are associated with food and eating? And if you're like losing your appetite or having a bad relationship with food and I came into your shop and I was like, I've developed a bad relationship with food. What what kind of recommendations would you give to me? Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Personally, because I also work with crystals as well it i would say rose quartz is a really good solid stone uh because it it just engenders good feelings uh and it's the stone of love so whatever form of love that it takes in your life it just is a a feel-good stone and also citrine which is more of a yellow stone um and that also is good for like healing and and just feeling more positive and and upbeat so that's um those are the two stones i would definitely recommend nice Great. You had a recommendation right on hand. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and now I'm kind of toggling through uh, stones and semi-precious things that I've seen in different shops. And I'm recalling that there are some that actually look like food. Isn't there one that looks like watermelon, like a, some sort of geo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are I mean, because it's it's from nature. So nature has all kinds of amazing pieces of art that are created in, in the stones and the crystals uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so speaking of food and feeling good, you actually approached me with this topic that we want to cover right now. And, um, well, actually, before we move on to that, let's talk about your book a little bit more and where people can find it and, um, what, what you hope people will glean from your book. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so the book itself uh, was written. Um, I don't want the word pagan to deter people because uh, it it's in the title, but it's basically a book of uh, ways to tap into the energy of positivity. I, because I know there's a lot of negativity, basically, about being positive because of toxic positivity. And this book is not it. It's, it's a series of concrete ways 
to tap into the energy of being positive, because when you're in that energy and in that flow, you can get things done. And, you know, as humans, we always want things in our life, whether it be a new job, a relationship, uh, you know, a home or, or things that we want to achieve or have in our life. And, while I'm a big proponent of, you know, sitting on the couch and watching TV and eating snacks, you know, if you do that continually, nothing's going to happen. So to me, positivity is an energy force that you can tap into and, you know, use it to move towards what you want. And so in the book, I I grew up with a form of uh, folk magic uh, in a way because my um, mom's side of the family was Austrian and German. And so they wouldn't have even have referred to it as as folk magic or anything like that. But the things that they did were concrete actions to, you know, move them through some of the horrors that they had experienced. They, you know, lived through World War II in Germany. So it was things I picked up as a kid and things that I developed as an adult. So it's all in that book. So like, no matter what your spirituality is, you can, you know, randomly open the book. I wrote it so you can just open it and hopefully find a passage or an action that would help you feel better in the moment to get you moving again. Um, or you can read it cover to cover and it's, it's either way, uh, it will hopefully help you sort of just tap in and uh, get some things that, you know, would make you happy. Cause that's what I think we all strive for in the human condition is to try to be in a happier place and, and, you know, be surrounded by things we love. That's awesome. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the phenomena of toxic positivity because that is a pitfall that I, yeah. and if, if people are unfamiliar with that expression, this is this movement that kind of makes you feel bad if you don't feel good. Right. right? And that right. it's your fault that you're not living your best life and you're doing something wrong. And, yeah. Or you, you know, just smile and you'll be fine. And, and it, as humans, that's not possible. And wow. so I address that in the book. And I talk about this a lot actually on podcasts because people hear the word positive and they shudder and, <laughs> and I get it completely, mm-hmm. but it has helped me throughout my life. And so I wanted to, put it into writing something that people could use that could help them when they, you know, go through some dark times. That's great. And I myself am a huge believer in the power of positive thinking and having a positive attitude in life. But I also allow myself to, you know, wallow in misery when appropriate. You know, all all of our human emotions are valid. Absolutely. Some, some we don't want to, uh, we and we need to express them in healthy ways. Yeah. Uh, but yes, pursuing happiness, it's the one that sometimes gets left out of like the things that the government guarantees us, you know, <laughs> exactly. the pursuit of happiness is mentioned right in our Bill of Rights, our Constitution. It's it's woven right into the fabric of American, uh, the American dream. And happiness is something we should all be we should all be blessed with, I, yeah. I feel like. And so thank you for writing a book that sort of uh, understands that it's not all about being positive all the time, but it's about, it sounds like your book is about giving us little boosts when we need it, giving us that jumpstart we need to get back into a positive mindset. Yeah. And just tools and things that you can easily do. Nothing is in that book that you would need to go to like a special store for, or, you know, necessarily, or, you know, buy elaborate things. It's really simple, concrete, quick actions to, you know, get you out of, you know, I mean, and we all have days like that. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with sitting on the couch and watching TV and and eating snacks. But like I said, it's just, if, if there are things you want in your life, uh, things aren't going to magically appear while you're sitting on that couch eating snacks. And and I just wanted to be able to help people with activities and tools that, um, 
that helped me. So, and like I said, it's, it's universal. Um, I went to Catholic all girls high school and all my friends from high school love the book. So it applies to any spirituality. It's not really specific pagan, just sort of the way I describe it in the foreword um, is basically if you appreciate nature as we do in Western North Carolina, you'll get it. it it's really nothing, you know, that would be uh, a deterrent no matter what your spirituality is. Well, I personally am not afraid of the word pagan, um, so <laughs> it's you. all good with me. Um, and I, I have to point out that now twice you have mentioned sitting on the couch and eating snacks and watching TV. So this yeah. must be one of your happy places, right? And uh, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a movie buff. So, okay. um, but you know, and there is like, I think there's like a trend now on TikTok or something called like rotting where people do that like all weekend. And that's sort of a... <laughs> That's sort of a, a negative term for that. But um, but what I'm saying is a lot of people that, you know, I mean, humans go through depression and, sure. you know, I don't want people to feel bad about doing that. I think as humans, we're exhausted by the end of the day and that's what we yeah. do. So it's just a little nudge, I think, to say, you know, hey, do that. I get it. It's self-care. But also, if you want certain things, you're going to have to, you know, do things to get there. For sure. Yeah. And I just want to say that that is one of my happy places too. Oh, yeah. And uh, I could do it all day, every day, but then I would be very depressed by the end of that. Uh, but when I do take take a day to do that, I enjoy it to the max. Oh, it's a great recharge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but let's talk about other happy places because the topic that you approached me with and you wrote me a nice email, so I have an idea for a topic for your podcast is those places that we go to, and in this case, we're talking about restaurants um, and cafes and shops with food uh, because of the nature of my show that put you in a good mood, that tap into your positive energy. And you mentioned some of your favorites by name. And um, let's talk about those specific places. You mentioned Hilltop Ice Cream, Troyer's uh, Country Amish Blots retro coffee and you mentioned you have a few others as well now uh, troyers let's start there because oh, troyers wow, yeah is such a great place so tell mm -hmm. us why you approach me with this topic what you mean by uh by places that tap into our positive energy and then let's start with troyers well um because i, I mean there are certain like, you know, I think a lot of us have comfort foods and um, there are certain places that I noticed that definitely always put me in a good mood. And so my very first one, I think I mentioned to you was like the Hilltop. Um, we'll get back to that. Um, but Troyer's, uh, I think I'm not sure if you had mentioned it or someone on your um Paige had mentioned it or even Troyers themselves. And it's actually near where I live. So one day for lunch, I went over there and oh my gosh, I, it's such um, an amazing place because it's sort of like a mini farm and you see llamas out there and uh, inside they have all sorts of, uh, you know, grains and beans and condiments and all kinds of amazing things. And then you can order these amazing sandwiches. And I grew up in New York City. So obviously, you know, world famous for their delis. And I miss delis greatly. 
And so when I walked in and I saw that case of amazing like meats and cheeses, I was just like, oh, I am in my happy place and uh, immediately ordered an amazing sandwich and can't wait to go back. But it was just it's it's it engendered really good feelings. I don't see how you could be in a bad mood because they also have, you know, like little side dishes. Like I had macaroni salad and birch beer, which I love. Mm. And you don't get to see that too often. Um, so it was just a really nice sort of picnicky lunch kind of day and it just was one of my happy places so so thank you for that suggestion for sure yeah I, I can't remember how it came up but it did come up in a thread and Troyers jumped in and they were like come see us you know and so that that's also part of the feel good is that Troyers is a family-run business and it is, it's yes. part of our community and has been for a long time and they're not standoffish. They are, you know, participating, wanting people to come out and, of course, share all of their wonderful food with the uh, community at large. And the sandwiches are awesome. Like They are, yeah. Delicious. And so, yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with you. Troyer's puts me in that happy space, too. It reminds me of the general stores and Jewish delis that I grew up going to. Yes. Uh, it's got sort of a combination of a general store and a Jewish deli. And it's it's Amish, we should point out. So yes, it is Amish. It's own religious, <laughs> religious uh, sort of connotations to it. Uh, but the... So that that's one of them. Now let's get to Hilltop, which is the first one you did. Mention. Oh, yeah. Well, Hilltop, I discovered because first I went to Whistle Stop, which is like uh, you've seen it. If you go by Fairview, it's a, an actual train car and it's um, I, I guess it's a brewery bar both yes. uh, kind of thing. All I know is it's yummy. <laughs> and uh, and so literally uh, the street from it is and I believe they own that as well as Hilltop Ice Cream, which, oh, my gosh, best ice cream ever um they have amazing flavors they have vegan flavors so for the non-dairy people which i'm real appreciative with um that they do that and just a really good variety and it's it's always really consistently good and they're so welcoming and they have like little spaces for the kids and they have sidewalk chalk so you can get artistic and you can either, you know, have it there with this beautiful view or, you know, take it home with you. So that is definitely one of my go to happy places. It sounds great. I've actually never been to Hilltop Ice Cream. But oh, I'm you should. I'm yeah. Now. Yeah. You can get like three scoops and then also they obviously do samples so you can try the flavors, but they have like one that's like cherry goat cheese, which is mm. amazing. And lavender honey. That one's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've had cherry goat cheese at ultimate ice cream. Oh yes. Yeah. They're great. great. So that's a great flavor. I'll, I'll go out and try Hilltop because it sounds uh, again, like a place that would be a good vibes for me too. I grew up, uh, going to all summer long we would ride our bikes to the ice cream shop every yeah. single day yeah and i'm a huge fan of ice cream so that would really whisk me back to my childhood and stuff so yeah yeah fun and then you mentioned a place that not only haven't i been to but i had not heard of it before i apologize to the owners of retro coffee yeah you can you can sort of miss it um so i live in south Asheville, and if you're ever on Sweeten Creek, you may miss it because it's in this a small shopping center off to the side, but it is an amazing place. It's very cozy, very comfy. Everything I look for, I'm a huge coffee fan and drinker. And so I I love it because the ambiance is really good. I mean, it's just really cozy and not stuffy and not, you know, like you go into some places and you don't feel necessarily welcome, you know, mm -hmm. just place your order and go. 
but this place invites you to sit there, you know, break out your laptop or iPad and um, spend some time there or just chat with friends. They have games they, you know, that you can play with your friends. Um, a huge variety of drinks, really helpful baristas that, you know, I, I tend to go into coffee shops and say, I want something creamy and, you know, not, not too heavy on the coffee, but, you know, a little bit of caffeine. And they, ca they came up with the most amazing uh, combinations. And they're also all locally, like, I think one, it was like Appalachian Magic or something like that. And that one was really tasty. And I think they changed their menu up a little bit, but they also provide all the basics like iced coffee lattes or whatever it is you would like. That sounds great. I'm a huge coffee fan, so I'll have yeah. to go check out Retro Coffee. Um, yeah. And some, and and I I also have cafes that just put me in a mellow mellow frame of mind. I spend Ooh. a lot of time at the Penny Cup Coffee in the YMI building downtown. The music is good. The vibe is mellow. It's not like it's not like crazy busy, and so it's not frenetic. And I almost always run into people I know. Oh, um, nice. And, and I know the baristas. So yeah, that's a place that just, I'll go there, I'll have a latte and I'll just mellow out. And so I love going to a favorite cafe and just having a good old fashioned mellow time. So I'll try out retro coffee. Yeah. Um, oh, I hope you do. And I'll try out the penny coat. <laughs> okay, yeah. You can meet there for coffee sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and you mentioned that there were a few others. Do you want to rattle them off pretty quick? Uh, other places that make me feel good. Well, definitely Vinny's uh, in North Asheville. Uh, like I said, I grew up in New York and you mm. walk in that place and it's like a Long Island Italian restaurant from my childhood. And I just immediately feel at home. So shout out to Vinny's um, for that. I haven't been to the South location yet, but I'm sure it's amazing. It's always packed every time we go by. So uh, that one's good. And Let's see. What is the, what's your other, what do you have like a favorite dinner place? Cause I'm always looking for different dinner places. Well, uh, I, my, one of my happy places is Buxton hall barbecue and I go yeah. there for dinner and lunch. And at dinner time, it's mellow inside. Usually the lights are a little dimmer. You got that really high ceiling in there that just has a nice, uh, gives the room a busy feel like it does, the yeah. sound. It's not too loud, but it's, it's, like lively i guess mm -hmm. and the music is always good it's always like b-sides of uh like soul and rock and garage rock and stuff like that nice. not a lot of songs that i might recognize right away but a lot of artists that i recognize and um it, yeah and that brings up like music is a big part of what makes that uh, makes a place special to me yes and the, the penny cup has a great soundtrack most of the time um, of course, Session Cafe, which is part of Citizen Vinyl Record yes. Shop, has a great soundtrack. And that that place puts me right in a mellow headspace. And that's, yeah. and, and that's and, part and, of Vinny's charm, too, because they're always playing, you know, like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and things like that. And that is always that immediately adds to the ambiance. So, yeah. And, and music that's that. And, and that's great that Vinny's is on point with the music because uh, mm -hmm. I've been to an Italian restaurant that was not on point with the music and they were playing okay music. It's just, I was like, this doesn't have anything to do with where we are. Yeah. Um, it gets disconcerting like, when it's like that, you know, because that doesn't put you in a great space. So. <laughs> no, it kind of like makes your headspace clash a little bit. And yeah. Um, yeah, we had a great dining experience and a great service experience. 
and the lighting was great and everything a, a place we went to recently but the soundtrack that they were playing was so awful mm. and we couldn't stop talking about it and that oh, wow. that kind of blew the mood a little bit so i feel like everything matters the the aroma you know mm-hmm. that's i think that's part of why we're talking about cafes so much they they smell yeah better. well because it engages your senses on so many levels and yeah i think that's a, a sign of a of a, a really good space um where you can feel, you know, if you're, you know, if you've had a bad day, I mean, there's nothing better than going to a place where you feel comfy and at home and comfortable having a great meal. And then you just leave there uh, transformed. So yeah. And for me, the other place, um, if anybody likes Asian food, uh, Pacific Pagoda is a hidden gem. That place is amazing. Uh, they have amazing, you know, Japanese, Thai, Chinese food, I think a little bit of everything and service is always amazing. And it's just really cozy. It's one of those places that has booths, you know, that are like little huts and it's, oh, it yeah. just, it's the whole, it's the whole experience. So that one's yeah. really good too. Absolutely. I haven't been there yet either. You're giving me lots of great tips I am. Of where to go. Yeah. <laughs> but any place with a high back booth like that's going to oh, yeah. put me right in the mood. And, you know, you and I are talking about things we remember from our childhood and yeah. things that we grew up just enjoying for our whole lives. And that's going to contribute to the way that you feel like things that don't feel necessarily comforting to us might be super comforting to another generation because they have a different life experience than us. So it's yeah. all about finding those places that just, and you know, immediately when you walk in the door and the, the aroma hits you, the music hits you, the vibe hits you. And then yeah. if the coffee drinks and food are good, ding, ding, ding. That's yeah. Oh, another place you recommended that I loved. I have to point that out to you too, is Marisco Seafood. Oh my gosh. I'm a huge seafood lover. And I walked in there. Very happy person. (laughs) Uh, That's great. And it does have an old school seafood restaurant feel to it. It Uh, Growing up in New England, of course, I went to a lot of places like that. And we had a favorite place called the captain's table. And it was, uh, it was great. Uh, yeah, we had that too. Like um, that. In Greenwich Village, we had the captain's table that my family ah. went to. So, so yeah. But I mean, that place is is really great, and the staff. Oh my gosh, they are so welcoming. Because I mean, I had gone there in not a great mood, and I was just like, "Look, this is what I want." And I just told them, and they came up with so many suggestions, and it was just, it was just, it was really lovely and huge variety available. So if people want like fried seafood, they have that, and they have these really imaginative drinks and all kinds of really good stuff so so thank you for that one oh well i'm so glad because the owners are super nice the folks who work there are great the kitchen is full of great people yeah and so i'm always happy to give them a shout out so thanks for bringing them up yeah and um we got to get going our time is running out but i want to just thank you again and mention the title of your book let me see if i can do it this time (laughs) i got to redeem myself right here it's called it's called (laughs) staying upbeat in an offbeat world and i feel yes. po- positive, positive pagan, pagan. <laughs> yes. dang it i didn't do it i left out a whole part the yeah. positive pagan staying upbeat in an offbeat world you got it yay it did. <laughs> spells meditations and ritual rituals for greater happiness fulfillment and confidence so you know some pragmatic tips with a little bit of magical thinking mixed in that that's always got uh, add some happiness factor when you can branch out of the the confines of the hard cold world and sort of 
say to yourself, yeah, there are some things I can enjoy in this life that are perhaps not explained by science necessarily, but make me feel good. Things like vibe, which I'm a big believer in vibe. And just uh, you're you're helping people to achieve happiness. And I, I appreciate you for that, Lisa. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've gotten lots of messages from people saying, you know, that they that's and that's really what meant the most to me was that, you know, they turned to it when, you know, they weren't feeling so great. And just like I hope they just would randomly open it up, do, you know, a little action or read something and it would help them feel better. So I'm Good. very gratified. Great. All right. Well, I'll come out to Marshall and see you at the tea room. And Great. And, we'll, and my book we'll is out there and you can find it online, like Amazon, you know, your local bookstore, Barnes and Noble, they, they all carry it. So. Fantastic. All yeah. right. And I encourage people to follow y'all on social media, go to the shop, go to the tea room, listen to the podcast. And yeah. Lisa, thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. Bye. All right, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Right now, I want to review a little meal and talk about a phenomenon. And the meal that we had was at Contrada. And Contrada is real good if you haven't been there. It's on Wall Street. It's a tiny little place, very few seats inside. And the food is excellent. It is part of Cucina 24, one of our James Beard-nominated restaurants, owned and operated by Chef Brian Canapelli. Brian has always made really excellent pizzas at Cucina 24, and that's pretty much what he's doing at Contrada, serving these beautiful pizza pies. And you can look at the menu. There's a lot of different ones. And uh, also some little salads and other great little Italian food and a wonderful uh, limited cocktail program. And it's one of Don's favorite places. So we go there all the time or as often as we can, but it's real small. So we try to get in, we try to squeeze ourselves in there when maybe it won't be too crowded. And we went, we took uh, our nephew Hanson there for his 21st birthday. He, uh, it was a week or so after his actual birthday, but we took him there to continue celebrating and Don bought him some fancy low alcohol beverages that she really likes. And we shared a couple of pizzas and a panzanella. And he had never had a panzanella before. And he's only in his early 20s. It was, I was in my 40s, maybe even 50s, the first time that I had a, something called a panzanella. And so he's way ahead of the game. And that's because he grew up here in Asheville and he's going to go to restaurants in Asheville, whereas I grew up in a very small town in the 1970s. And we didn't have a place in town that served something called panzanella. And all of the food was great all of it the pizza was awesome we got a calabrese pizza which was soprasada which is a very salty fatty meat product and uh pork product and then and it has greens and pecorino cheese on it and it was fantastic just so delicious and then we got another one with ricotta and pepperoni and tomato sauce it, it, it was awesome both pizzas were killer and this panzanella was awesome. It was big, old, fresh tomatoes that had been peeled and some oil and stuff uh, and, you know, bread, crumbs of bread, big, big pieces of bread soaking up that oil and tomato juice and stuff. So all the food was awesome. But here's the thing, and here's the phenomena I wanted to talk about. Contrada is 
very, very small. And I almost don't want to tell you guys about it because of that. I want to keep this one a secret for me and Don and Hanson and our friends. But I got to tell you about it because that's my job is to tell you about the great food that I find around town. And because that's also what they want, you know, like Contrada doesn't want me keeping the place a secret. They want to have business and they want to have folks who give advice to the locals, telling them to come and try the food. So they want me to tell the world. It's just, I want to keep the small places a secret. And other places that fit in that category are Neng Juniors, which I talk about all the time, and Leo's House of Thirst, which I've only been to once, but I almost didn't want to tell you I'd been there at all because it's so good. And Mother Bakery on the South Slope, which is brand new the one in the rad always has a line out the door and they sell out of bread and i don't even want to tell you guys about the one on the south slope because then you will go there and there won't be any seats left for me but like i said it's my job and that's what the restaurants want but i know that some of you feel the same way i do when i sort of talk about the places that uh that are small that are for locals that are private, you, you feel like you've got your private booth and it's your joint, you know, and you don't want it to get too crowded. And believe me, I sympathize. I I don't like to eat in crowded restaurants. I'd rather eat in like a half empty restaurant or a half full restaurant, however you want to look at it. But again, it's my job. That's what the restaurant tours want. And guess what? Most of my readers or social media followers or listeners or however people are connecting with me, most of y'all are local. Like I'm not really spreading this information to the world, as people say, or they'll be like, Stu, we don't want this place full of tourists. Well, to be honest with you, I don't have exact numbers, but I'm going to say like upwards of 90 percent of my following are locals they are you you know i have about fifteen thousand followers on social media a lot of them are repeat that follow me when i say social media i mean facebook instagram and substack so there's a lot of repetition in those numbers and uh people who follow me on all three or two of those platforms and most of those people are locals and so I'm not, but, you know, some of them are tourists. I do lead food tours, and most of the people who take food tours are tourists, and they also will tend to then follow me after they take a tour with me. But those are good people. These are the kind of people that the restaurants want to show up. They're, they like food. They are enthusiastic and happy to be here. A lot of people who take food tours do social media posts while they're on the tour. So the restaurants want those people to show up, too. But I'm telling you what, when I, quote unquote, tell the world about a favorite little spot like Contrada, like uh, Little Louie's or any number of smaller places around town, uh, don't don't be too don't get too angry because I'm, I'm telling you that's who I'm telling. I'm telling the locals, the listeners here in Asheville. So anyways, just wanted to say that go to Contrada. It's excellent get a pizza just don't if you see me and don and one of my relatives walking in the door finish up your food and get the f out just kidding just kidding of course you won't see us coming we're like the mist on the wind 
And before you know it, you're out and we're in. It did not mean to say a creepy poem at the end of that review of Contrada, but I'm keeping it in. I'm not editing it out. All right, folks, that's pretty much the end of the show. I do just want to mention that Patty and I, Patty Riles, my boss at Nashville Food Tours, he and I went to Bear's Barbecue together, and we ate so much food. Oh, my God, we got an order of their ribs. We got I got my favorite thing on their menu, which is their stand back, their vegetarian meatloaf, their impossible meatloaf sandwich smothered with their cheese sauce and coleslaw on a squishy white bun. It is to die for, in my opinion. And Patty got some pulled pork on a bun and a side of mac and cheese. And we just ate and ate and ate and ate. And we couldn't stop eating. And I went after lunch and I did a couple of things. And then I got back home and I just immediately fell asleep. And I didn't wake up for an hour or so. And then I didn't need to eat again for a day. So I just wanted to talk about that. Patty and I engorged ourselves at Bear's Barbecue. So go get that Impossible Meatloaf sandwich. Get those ribs. Uh, You know, if you like that stuff, you're going to love this stuff. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening to my show. Thanks to my guests for being on the show. And thank you, WPVM 103.7, the voice of Asheville broadcasting to the world for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, And folks, just one last thing. If you eat something good, find me on social media and let me know about it. All right. Have a great week. Bye. Folks, I just want to remind you that Western North Carolina is one of the hunger hotspots of America. Although we might think of Asheville as Food City, USA, there are a lot of folks who live in and around here who are dealing with food insecurity on a daily basis. So if you can, please give to Mana Food Bank. Mana has been providing food to the people of Western North Carolina for 40 years. They do a great job and they are a wonderful organization. So again, if you're able, please go to manafoodbank.org. That's M-A-N-N-A, manafoodbank.org, and give what you can to help out fighting hunger here in Western North Carolina. And now back to the show.